stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Yeah, I'm going to go out on a limb here on two things. Does life exist elsewhere in the universe besides on this planet? I'm going to say yes, it probably does. Have those life forms, whatever form they may take, visited us in some way? Uh, no, I don't think they have. So yeah, I'm, I'm going out on a limb on that last point. It's certainly relevant to our next conversation. I do not believe that, that aliens in spaceships have visited Earth, have come to spy on us, or crash-landed, or abducted any of us. That's what I believe. And I'm certainly open to being convinced otherwise. Uh, but I think that's, that's where the burden of proof lies. But this is interesting because maybe it's reasonable that at least governments be open to the possibility that this kind of thing would be going on, to not decide ahead of time that any UFO sighting is automatically and inherently bogus, that that's something you might want to be aware of. In the rare event that you genuinely do have some uh, otherly world being or spacecraft suddenly show up here, because then we're going to look to government to uh, do something about it. So it's potentially a big, big issue. So this is interesting to me. Uh, documents from 1967, sitting there in the National Archives, paint a picture of just how seriously the Canadian government used to take these things. In many cases, spent years investigating UFO sightings. There's a breakdown of, of some of these cases. Some of the more convincing reports certainly got the government's attention. And apparently they had people who went around looking into these matters. So what, what, what have we learned through all of this? Uh, well, someone who follows all of this stuff very closely is uh, Chris uh, Redkowski, a uh, Canadian expert in the all things UFO and uh, writes the Ufology blog, uh, which is uforum.blogspot.com. And he's the one who uncovered these documents, by the way. Chris, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Okay, so you, you kind of, is it regularly, periodically... Go, go looking for this stuff in, in government archives and files? Yeah, I've been poking around uh, National Archives of Canada for a number of years. I, actually, I wasn't the one who originally uncovered these in the sense, but I'm, I'm the one who seems to have taken a more interest in, uh, in these than other people because uh, Canadian government documents on UFOs have been in the archives for decades. You know, you always hear about, we're waiting for disclosure, we're waiting for the government to finally release documents that tell everything they know about UFOs. Well, that may be the case in the United States, but at least in Canada, uh, the National Archives has a very good record of well, what the government has been doing or thinking about UFOs, and the UFO reports themselves have been in there for anyone to take a look at for many, many years, and many of them have been digitized and put online. It's simply a matter of sort of going through uh, and winnowing out some of the interesting stuff, and I came upon uh, what was I'm calling the Robertson Briefing, 1967, which really laid out uh, by the Canadian forces what they believed about UFOs back in 1967. So what, what does it tell us? I mean, how, how high up did this stuff go? How seriously was the government taking all of this? Well, this certainly went uh, right up to the top. Uh, the uh, Minister of Defense was certainly uh, involved and knowledgeable about this. In fact, this briefing probably was uh, given to uh, uh, people in the minister's office. 
um, the, uh, the, the uh, you know, individuals involved were giving presentations to scientists, and there was sort of a power struggle. I guess the scientists didn't know what to do with the UFO reports that were coming in, and certainly the uh, uh, the military uh, officers didn't know what to do with it. And so they were sort of wondering what to do, and they were both investigating, both the National Research Council of Canada and uh, the uh, Canadian forces were both investigating in the 60s. But in, the, in 1967, this was the, the handoff where uh, the military officially said, you know what, we don't have the scientific expertise to look into what's going on. We know something strange is going on, but uh, we think we prefer the National Research Council of Canada to take a look at these things. And this was sort of a review of some of the weird things that they had investigated. There were cases from one end of the country to the other that could not be explained by the investigators. Now, so, it, I mean, the Defense Ministry is, is kind of at the center of all of this, right? Absolutely, a Defense Research Board of Canada, yeah. And what's interesting, because, if I'm not mistaken, Paul Hellyer was Defense Minister at the time. He was, and um, uh, in fact, at the time of this briefing, he had just left, and I suspect that what happened, this was a, a, a briefing document for the incoming um, Minister of Defense after Hellyer had left. Uh, but uh, certainly what the investigations that were going on uh, at the time uh, of this report, uh, they had all been done while Hellyer was uh, involved. Right. And, and if people aren't familiar with Paul Hellyer, I mean, he still to this day very uh, vehemently insists that not only are these, these UFO settings legit or, or UFOs legit, that aliens have visited here, uh, that they have technology to share with us. He's very insistent uh, that this is the case. Absolutely. Although none of that, what he's suggesting, uh, ever uh, came out of the cases that were presented in this briefing. In fact, a lot of his uh, uh, opinions on uh, the alien technology and how many there are and from which planet and so forth, that's his pure speculation that that he's arrived at 50 years later. But back in 1967, he was actually um, uh, had directed inquiries into some of these cases. And it does suggest that there's a, a very strange phenomenon that certainly spurred some of that. So who who would get responsibility for this? So the De- Department of Defense becomes aware of a UFO sighting, that it's not easily explained away. It sounds as though it would fall into one of three classifications, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, were, they had uh, things that were uh, of interest and worth investigating, things that were of interest and things that were of not interest whatsoever. And it's the, there was a handful, literally a handful of cases that they decided were cases that are really, really curious and they had no explanations for. And uh, the ones that are, are in this report range from a fellow who was burned by a, a flying saucer in Manitoba to the Shag Harbor UFO crash. I'm sure some of your listeners uh, are aware of that one. But the other obscure ones, uh, uh, an actual uh, uh, series of radar uh, sightings by radar operators who said that the they detected uh, UFOs on their radar screens that were certainly not caused by malfunctions, things like that, and they were investigated and found to be very, very puzzling. So these Class A reports, as as they, they called them, who would be tasked with looking into them? Well, at the time, uh, there were individuals within the Canadian military. There was uh, actually one person identified by name, uh, who is a squadron leader, Paul Biskey, who actually investigated a number of these cases on behalf of the Royal Canadian Air Force or the Canadian Forces at the time. Um, And it seemed like there was actually a a team of investigators who were sent out 
from the training command headquarters, uh, not quite as quick as the X-Files uh, team of Dana and Fox, but certainly they were sent out on a moment's notice in some cases to investigate, and they were uh, sent out across Canada sometimes to, to try and sort out what was going on. Now, what would that involve? I mean, if there were photographs, I suppose they would be interested in those, but that would mean going out and interviewing people, going out and investigating certain sites. What would that entail? Actually, yeah, this team would go out to the sites to investigate. They would interview uh, the witnesses involved. They talked to people in the area. If there was physical evidence, they would have it analyzed. Certainly, uh, the RCMP crime lab was enlisted to uh, test some materials that were retrieved from... Uh, some UFO landing sites. Uh, in some cases, there was a case in uh, in Ontario where some uh, trees and and uh, leaves were uh, wilted as if some you know some great heat had a had done something to them. And certainly, the forestry department was involved in studying those materials. So it really uh, brought in expertise from a variety of offices within the Canadian government, uh, all to try and understand what the UFO phenomenon was really representing in Canada. Now, were there cases here, now you're pretty familiar, as you say, with some of these high-profile or, or unusual incidents, but were there some in these documents that you hadn't previously heard about? Um, there were a few. I mean, I had not heard uh, of the details of the radar cases, for example. We still actually haven't found some of the documents for, regarding the radar cases. We do know that uh, NORAD was regularly re- receiving uh, case reports about UFOs here in Canada. As a matter of fact, um, as recently as yesterday, I received a report uh, that was passed along the NORAD about a UFO that was seen over Montreal. So there are uh, uh, a number of documents that, that were made available, and, and these reports are, are in the files, but some, some of them are, are taking some time to, to come to light. We are not convinced in any way, shape, or form that we have all the documents, uh, that uh, pertain to some of the UFO reports in Canada. But we have quite a few. As a matter of fact, there's probably five or 6,000 documents which are currently available through the National Archives uh, regarding UFOs. I know uh, in, from a civilian point of view, we've been keeping track of Canadian UFO reports uh, ourselves since about the late 1980s. And since 1989, we have something like 20,000 UFO reports that have been filed in Canada, including... Uh, reports that have come through Transport Canada and uh, RCMP. So uh, if you've seen a UFO, you're certainly in in good company. In fact, 10% uh, of the Canadian population believe they've seen UFO, according to uh, uh, some polls. And you're mentioning you're part of the group that doesn't believe that aliens are visiting Earth or anything like that. But uh, an Angus Reid poll just two years ago found that about half the Canadian population believes that uh, aliens have visited Earth. So... You know, there's a, a, a good variety of opinion, but it seems that uh, the evidence is there that the UFO phenomenon has been with us for quite some time. And whether it represents aliens or not, in fact, nothing in this briefing report says anything about aliens. It simply says we cannot explain this, and uh, in some cases we don't know what it caused it. Well, but let me ask you this, though. With regard to how the government dealt with this then, and, and maybe still continue to afterward, is it, do you think it's more of a case of these might actually be aliens visiting us, and so the government needs to really be on top of that because of, of how big it is? Or do you think it's a case of, well, this could be Soviet spy planes that we need to look into this because we're worried that, you know, what, what our enemies might be up to? 
Well, and in either in, in either case, I think the the government should have investigated and kept maintaining an investigative body all along. I mean, we're, if if it was a an, a, an alien in the sense of uh, uh, not necessarily from outer space, but uh, an alien power, like say the Russians or Soviets were were flying over Canada, I think that would be something of, of great concern. I and mean, we have cases like that going on now, where uh, Russian ships and Russian planes are routinely flying. Uh, uh, off the coast of, for example, San Diego, off the coast of Nantucket, uh, on the eastern coast. And that's of great concern, and those are being monitored very, very carefully. So if this was happening in 1957, and we're finding out about these things now, at the time they didn't seem to be aircraft, what could those things have been? So uh, regardless of whether these things were uh, alien spaceships or something a little more mundane, it seemed logical that there would have been government agencies looking into them. Do we know, though, I mean, was was this still the case in 1977, 1987, 1997? At some point, did the government start to lose interest in all of this? Well, um, we have case, uh, cases of UFO reports in the archives going right up into, I'd say, the early 80s. And then I uh, found documents going right up to about 1995. The Royal Canadian of Police were tasked with investigating UFOs on behalf of uh, the National Research Council, which was looking for fireballs and bolides, um, and uh, those are sometimes described as lights in the sky, and so people would see something and they would report to the National Research Council. And if a fireball or a bolide, that's uh, a bright chunk of meteorite, was going to be crashing onto Earth, the National Research Council wanted to get there as soon as possible to retrieve the meteorite for scientific purposes. So the RCMP actually investigated UFO reports for the government, the rest of the government, the NRC, up until about 95 when uh, that uh, uh, program finished. And since then, uh, a number of other agencies, Transport Canada, and uh, uh, certainly through the Canadian Forces, have been still receiving UFO reports. And I've been able to get uh, a lot of these cases every year uh, because people continue to see objects in the sky, whether they turn out to be explained or unexplained in a, in a few cases, people are still seeing things in great numbers. Well, uh, people can read more. You're on Twitter at Ufology Research, and your website, it's Uform, or UFO Rum, if that's easier for people to remember, <laughs> dot, yeah. uh, dot blogspot.com. Chris, thanks for joining us here today. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's uh, Ufologist, uh, UFO Researcher, Chris Retkowski. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.